0: Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the Season Finale of Future's Focus a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500 We are all done with another season, the 2022 season. My name, Alex Sanchez, of course, David Gasper joining us here. Uh, What a run, huh? What a run we've had this year. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, how do we how do you even begin to describe what we've gone through this year? I don't know.
1: It has been it has been a roller coaster. Some guys doing as expected, some guys not. Yep. julio rodriguez doing julio rodriguez things it's like okay yeah that makes sense spencer torkelson and, and guys like that all of a sudden not so <laughs> some ups some downs and some crazy moments along the way as always
0: yeah so as i mentioned this will be our last episode for the season we're going to go ahead and uh go into hibernation mode as does the baseball world after the world series which is uh, you know coming up here we got the playoffs starting up in about a week. Uh your Brewers still technically in it, I guess.
1: Yeah, they're hanging around. They're trying not to be in it, but the Phillies are you know, it's like an I got it, you take it. I don't want it, you take it. I don't want it, you take it. I mean, neither of these two teams really seems to want that wild card spot.
0: Yeah, and it's that that, that beloved third wild card spot. Awesome. Um but yeah, it's uh, that trade. That trade will go down in infamy. I mean, we, we'll talk about that. That Brewers trade for it. We've talked about it on, on nauseam here for a, you know a while. Before. I know.
1: I certainly have.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, It's so easy to talk about. That's the, the crazy part. But alas, uh, I'm watching. I'm seer, hit here, here uh, with my Braves and Mets with like a little mini playoff of sorts as well. It's got that atmosphere. Just saw back to back home runs from Austin Riley and uh, my MVP for 2022, Matt Olson. Um, of course i'm referring to the predictions that you and i had here um i had mm. uh i have those written down here so we're going to actually go over the predictions that we made at the beginning of the season um and we're just going to chat it up and see where it takes us have some fun it's the last episode there's really nothing more to say I, you know if you're not in the playoffs of your dynasty leagues you probably have stopped paying attention um you're listening to this podcast right now. I appreciate you in, you know, October listening to this. It's been awesome, good following. So you've probably listened to some other episodes. So again, thank you for all of that. But let's just have some fun, shall we, David? Let's, uh, let's talk about our predictions. Let's do it. You remember any of them?
1: <laughs> Not a single one.
0: <laughs> well, of course, we predicted the division winners and World Series winners and all of that stuff. So some real baseball stuff here. We were pretty good. I mean, honestly, we were bad. Um I think our World Series picks are both definitely still in it and I'll get to that in a second, but we were definitely dead wrong about the White Sox. We were you and I were both very much into the White Sox. Um we had them winning the Central. Uh, that is not the case. <laughs> they kind of No. Started. What happened to the Red uh, the White Sox? What happened to all the three teams?
1: words Tony La Russa. <laughs>
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, uh, what do we think about the White Sox moving forward? I mean, the farm system is not going to be doing them any favors, but I still like a lot of their core, right? I mean, I feel like—is it all just LaRu- La, Tony Larusso, or like—is this team in a lot? I mean, they're 77 and 79 right now. They're not. It's not that. It's not I awesome. mean, they, they've
1: also had injuries that have you know been you know struggles for them, and you know that, that makes it tough, but. You know when you intentionally walk guys on one two counts, um, <laughs> really. and and do all these other things, it, it's it, it's hard to get any sort of momentum going at all with that.
0: Um, I had the White Sox going to the World Series, so that was a bad call.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that is. Uh, I don't think that that one's gonna happen. Yeah,
0: you had them going to the ALCS. All right. Um, we were
1: not as we were, bad.
0: We were really down on the Astros, who are the number one seed. (laughs) We didn't have them making the playoffs at all. Um, We had the Mariners, which we were pretty close about. We we just severely underestimated the Astros, who have 102 wins and have locked up the division by 16 and a half games. So oopsies, but we were pretty good about the Seattle Mariners. And I, I actually listened back to our podcast. I there was talk about how you know ESPN had them projected for like an 85 loss season, and we both thought that was pretty crazy. So um, pretty good with the Mariners. And although they didn't win the West, I, I call that a win. Definitely an L. Not not believing in the Astros just because they lost like Carlos Correa. I guess that really we were just. Very Yeah, negative.
1: Jeremy Pena took over and did pretty well.
0: Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, a guy named Justin Verlander came back.
1: Yeah, he's he's all right.
0: We didn't really, I guess, account for that.
1: I mean, but really, how could you anticipate, what? what is he, 39, 40? Yeah. How could you anticipate him coming back from a second
0: Tommy John at that age and doing what he's doing? To be honest, though, like, I think we talked about this earlier. The John Smoltz, somebody was talking about this on air, about how if you're young and have Tommy John surgery, that the chances of getting to the big leagues and being successful is, is quite scary. But when you're an established major major league pitcher for years and years, coming back to your former self is pretty actually consistently great. I mean, John Smoltz is a great example of that. Justin Verlander, these guys getting it late in their careers. um, I mean, Verlander is like an
1: all-time talent, too, just naturally. I mean, the the things that he's been able to do in his career, I mean, maintaining his his high velocity as a starter for so many years and and so deep into his career, um, he's he's a freak of nature, essentially. I mean, that's what Justin Verlander has been his entire career. So, you know, the fact that he's doing this, you know, after Tommy John surgery at such a late age, um for a playing career that's you know it's not totally unbelievable but it's still remarkable and and it's hard to expect that even from someone as naturally talented as Verlander
0: yeah and I guess my point is yeah you're absolutely right he's extremely old but I don't think like you know 31 year olds 32 year olds that have shown a big track record like let's say Garrett Cole gets Tommy John surgery Right. We can expect him to come back to being Garrett Cole. I don't think I I think in my mind, I viewed it as a pretty high risk that he would never be back. But like you're going to get back to yourself and Garrett Cole's normal self is excellent. So I think that's just kind of a lesson to remember that don't don't let Tommy John scare you away from guys in in Dynasty at the very least. Now, uh, the East, you did much better in the East. I had the Red Sox winning the East. They're in last place right now.
1: Yeah, that didn't work.
0: No, but 75 and 81, just uh, that division is tough. <laughs> that division is tough. You had the Rays winning the division. Um, they're sitting in third place. So yeah. we, we did not see the Yankees coming. We we both thought that they were they got worse. Um, but then Aaron Judge went ballistic, and they are 96-59. Yeah. So um, you actually didn't have the Yankees making the playoffs. I I did have them sneaking into the wild card. So, mm-hmm. win for me there after the big L, <laughs> the Red Sox. Uh, your wildcard teams are the Angels, the Twins, nope. and the Blue Jays.
1: Nope, and yes.
0: Uh, yeah, Angels. Oof, goodness gracious. But the Blue I, Jays, yeah. Blue Jays are a good call.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Angels just, it, it's almost comical how much they continue to <laughs> fall apart. I mean, Shohei Otani nearly had a no-hitter the other day and he's putting up stupid numbers even better than last year and still they can't go anywhere yeah
0: we I, i'm going to that i think i learned my lesson last year by not having them make the playoffs that i'm i'm going to make them make the playoffs before i ever predict them to like win a division or anything
1: yeah
0: you, just, un, you cannot trust them
1: no it's like georgetown in the NCAA tournament i just cannot trust them
0: anymore sure interesting example but yes accurate do you do you fill out brackets alex sure but i don't follow college basketball at all and it it tends to be an awful experience
1: yeah one year i had georgetown winning it all in my bracket they were they were a two seed and they lost in the first round to the 15 seed florida gulf coast remember that (laughs) yes ever since then i have never picked them to win a single march madness game ever again yeah
0: and you're probably accurate that way right We we got to let the teams prove it to us.
1: I'll believe it when I see it.
0: Which is maybe why we shouldn't have picked the Mariners to overcome the Astros, right? Yeah, maybe. So, um, anyway, uh, long story short here, you had the Rays and the White Sox and the Rays going on to the World Series. I had the White Sox and the Blue Jays um, and the White Sox going on to the World Series. Our National League East was a little bit better. Um, We did not have the Mets anywhere, and they're obviously... Right in the thick of things here, so we we kind of had oversight there. We had the Braves win in the East, which I don't think is crazy. I mean, 97 and 59 for them certainly mm-hmm. still can win the division. We did have both uh, the we both had the Brewers winning the division, so yeah, that yeah, yeah. Did not happen. But yeah, you know, no, 83 and 73, just you know what the trade and the injuries, I guess you know just injuries that kept some of the the key starters out for extended periods of time. Um, and then Yelich still not going back to what we thought he could be. You know, we, we there was hope at the beginning of the year, you know, with there Jelic. was,
1: there okay. was, and their, their attention has taken a bit of a step back and then they just completely massacred the chemistry of the team at the trade deadline. And um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough go the last uh, two months or so in, in brewer's land over here. I'm not going to lie um they were right there i mean they they had a four game lead heading into the trade deadline and just it that's, slipped
0: away so fast i didn't realize that that isn't that's astonishing i mean it's not there's been obviously worse collapse than that and they still could make the playoffs and win the world series and it would all be fine right which is Probably. because the phillies are collapsing yeah but it, that's yeah not not what you want to see as you head into the playoffs no. um, now we were we were obviously a little wrong on that one as the cardinals have clinched the Central. We were good about the Dodgers. Uh, We still believed in the Giants, and I I don't know why I did that. I I knew that they had overachieved. I should have just not believed in them um, in retrospect. But we had the Giants making the playoffs, the Padres making the playoffs, and then you had the Phillies making the playoffs. Um, And I almost did, but I instead put the Cardinals in to make the playoffs. So I think if we combine our predictions, we did pretty well in the NL. Yeah, wasn't bad. And um, you have the Brewers going to the NLCS to face the Dodgers. Um, and then you have the uh, – and I had the Dodgers going all the way to the World Series and winning it. And you have the Rays winning the World Series. So those are still in play. Yeah. Still in play. All right. MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookie of the Years. Uh, they, these aren't awful either. Um, let me Let me pull up, you know – I mean – Okay, so I had Matt Olsen and Raphael Devers as MVP candidates. Yeah, they're not going to win, obviously. But right. Devers, Devers had a, a good year, and Olsen's had a, a pretty decent year. Um, you had Vladdy and Soto um, as your MVPs. And again, I don't think we're wrong on any of the I think like Soto is so interesting, what's happening to him. Yeah, And he even got traded. I guess it would be hard to win an MVP when he got traded. But strange year for him. Um, I, I don't think those are L's too much. Um, Judge, obviously, coming out of uh, and going crazy. And then even in the the NL, it's still like, I guess it's your Don, perhaps. It's, there's no clear-cut, just obvious MVP. So
1: no, our- I don't even know who would win MVP in the NL right now.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking. I mean, if you if you want to, I mean, Jordan's had a great year.
1: Your, your don Alvarez.
0: Yeah. Oh. Isn't with the I Astros? Uh. Yeah. So he can't. Astros pass. haven't been in the National
1: League for <laughs> decade, man.
0: You're right. Let's look it up then. Um, MLB War. Um, I know. I that that was. Remember, they were in the NL, so that's where my brain was at. Uh, oh, Aaron, the the Cardinals brothers over there Arnotto and Otto on Goldschmidt would be the two leading candidates, I'd imagine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not a clear cut obvious. It's going to be one of those two. Probably Goldschmidt. Probably gets his MVP. 7.4 war. Hey, um, yeah. anyway, our, our Cy Youngs are pretty close, too. I think that, um, you know, I had Walker Bueller and he got hurt. So that, that kind of sucks. He was not having a great year either. Cole. Honestly, I mean, you could make an argument for Cole to win the Cy Young in the AL. It's not crazy. You had Robbie Ray and Corbin Burns. Um, yeah. Either will win the Cy Young, but no, Sandy Well,
1: as we're as we're recording this here, it is Corbin Burns versus Sandy Alcantara uh, as the pitching matchup here tonight. So, yeah, that is that is a good one, but it it's going to be Alcantara by yeah, by a mile.
0: That, is, that one's an easy one. Um, and then Verlander. In the, yeah, in the AL, like Dylan Cease is probably the favorite, but you know the strikeouts that Cole over has Verlander. Up, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just looking at WAR right now. Dylan Cease uh, has 6.5 WAR. Verlander has 5.5. So you could argue either one, and then I I do think you could argue for Cole too, although his he's much lower on that WAR list, but he's had like 250 Ks, so that's. You know the voters might like that, um our rookie of the years, I think we both got it right uh, because I honestly don't I, I i guess it's going to Julio, yeah, yeah, so um, but wit's right there too, I mean wit's come on really strong here at the end, um in terms of war, though wit isn't really providing a lot of like real life baseball value when you compare him to Mr. Rodriguez who leads all rookies in war,
1: yeah. Oh, and then plus you got uh, Adley uh, Rutschman, who's you know right around there as well. But you yeah. know because he was hurt to begin the year, got a bit of a later start, maybe won't get as much recognition. Um, but Adley's been good. Jeremy you know, Pena has been really good for for Houston. Yeah. Underrated. He's not going to win, but
0: yeah. You know what's crazy is that two things of these stats, and we're going to actually dive into these probably in uh, more detail later on in the episode but adley has 33 doubles <laughs> on the year which is uh, crazy because he only has you know 449 plate appearances and he leads all rookies with doubles and then bobby witt who fantasy wise if you have him on your team very happy 20 home runs 28 stolen bases but war wise 1.2 war on the year awfully low but still, fantastic rookie seasons for those two. Fantastic rookie seasons. Yeah. Um, in the NL, uh, much, much different. Um, you had Hunter Green and I had C.J. Abrams. And those guys are not going to be winning. And we'll just leave it at that. No. Now, you were talking about how Hunter Green throws so hard. Yes. And you know who else throws hard that's a rookie that could win rookie of the year? You You just got the name wrong um spencer strider of course ah yes Uh, definitely a a candidate to win it i'm not sure where the vote's going to go i could even i mean
1: could it go to michael harris
0: split rookie of the year maybe they could do that
1: you'd have to have the votes all you know yeah coming in a tie you can't just have all the writers decide okay it's it's these two guys
0: we're going to tie it yeah, I could see it just like half of them voting for the pitcher and half of them going for cuz there's really no I mean you can argue I guess I mean there's nobody else. Ricky O'Neal
1: Cruz has been, you know, he's shown some cool yeah. moments but yeah, I mean he's hitting that, 234 I, with a sub 300 on base percentage.
0: Yeah, it's not even close. I mean those two are are taking it. So um interesting. All right. Um let's fly through these uh bold predictions. I had I had a bunch of bold predictions. I feel like I did Really, really well with these bold predictions, and you can grade me and see what you think. The first one was not good, so let's <laughs> start with that one. Um, I, I had said Brian Rocchio would be uh, up and play 100 games on the season, that did not happen, so that's mm-hmm. enough. Um, he's actually been a little bit lower than I would have hoped, but uh, I did say Anthony Volpe would have a, uh, a disappointing season, and he was doing that for a long, long time, but then he wasn't anymore (laughs) all of a sudden he figured it out yeah and um you know 20 home runs 50 he's gonna have uh, 48 stolen bases (laughs) pretty good but not the average though 250 in double a and that was after a very very slow start and then 229 in triple a to finish off the year i I don't know i think it's uh, people were thinking a little Think people were thinking he was going to be up you know this year yeah so I feel like I got that one pretty good. Still, a, I, I said he'd be a top 50, 60 prospect. And he's, I think he's still, a, what do you think? A Top five prospect? Yeah, around there. Yeah, definitely not in the 50s.
1: <laughs> no.
0: No. Um, I did say Michael Harris would be up by the mid-season mark. And uh, said one of Adam Duvall Marie, uh, Marcelo Zuna or Eddie Rosario would fall on their fl- face, um, and turns out all three of them have fallen on their face. So yeah, Harrison got or Harris got up very very early, and obviously the rest is history. So that's an A plus win. Um, I did say one of Bryson Stott or Jeremy Pena would be out of a job by May.
1: I believe that'd be Stott.
0: And that was Stott, and we both agreed that it was probably going to be Stott, um, and as Pena has been really good although he struggled at the end of the year here Peña's kind of final line's not going to look as good as he probably was for the majority of the year um and Stott actually has sort of figured things out you take a look like their stats aren't too far apart Stott, Stott's going to end up with an ugly 2.25 batting average but 9 home runs and 54 RBIs 9 stolen bases certainly a, not the end of Bryson Stott right there's still a lot of a lot of stuff but he did go back down to the minors and so uh, clearly called that and then when we take a look at jeremy pena 249 batting average with 20 home runs 11 stolen bases so they're not as far apart as you might think i think pena passes the eye test a lot more though is the thing
1: oh yeah yeah he he's been able to to fill in pretty well in the absence of correa um just kind of take over and you know well it may not be putting up you know too ridiculous of of numbers um it's still you know it's still been solid overall 20 doubles 20 homers you know you'll uh you'll take that
0: yeah with great defense too i mean we can't forget that part at a premium position um i also was not in very much on jason dominguez i said he'd hit 220 um, turns out Jason Dominguez is uh, sort of ascending here. I think we're all kind of getting back on board the fact that he is a you know major league caliber player, the superstar that he was touted out to be. Probably not, but still pretty darn good when you remember he's still only 19 years old. He's already up to Double A uh, to end out the year. <laughs> well, not eye popping numbers, but certainly yeah. for a 19 year old, pretty darn good. So I, I'll take the L on that.
1: And yeah jackson Cherio reached it as an 18 year old but you know just saying <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so uh you know that to say who would you rather have it's a i mean i think everybody in the dynasty Cheerio. world yeah. would, would say the same thing now which you know a year ago you could never even imagine so no strange uh i mentioned that everson Pereira would be the minor league home run leader not true nope <laughs> um does end up with what 14 plus two is 16 home runs. Not too bad. Um, actually, don't have the minor league home run leader.
1: The sure. minor league home run leader is hold on a second. I have it right here. Moises Gomez.
0: Oh, yeah. The former Ray, former Cardinal.
1: 39. 39.
0: Yeah. They didn't call him up. He's a Cardinal now, right? Um,
1: I believe I'm just pulling up Sam Dykstra's Twitter feed here, and it says Moises Gomez.
0: Gomez is a Cardinal former Ray, so yeah, not not bring him up. Pretty pretty interesting. They're, that's a that's a bunch of home runs that you're not getting any major league value for, but they won the division, so I guess it's not too bad. So. Everson Barrera, certainly not a a great one. I had said Kevin uh, Alcantara of the Cubs would be a top 10 consensus prospect. When we look at Kevin Alcantara, I feel like a lot of people are still sleeping on this guy. And when I had said that he'd be that high, you kind of gave me a a sound that it was like, whoa, no way type of thing. But I'm not seeing Kevin Alcantara too high on lists, but 14 home runs, 15 stolen bases as a 19-year-old in in A-ball. 269, 357 on base percentage. Not bad. No, not top top prospect, but certainly somebody that passes the eye test much like Jeremy Pena does, and I think the results will follow soon. So definitely a buy low candidate for me. And just a few more here. Um, actually, let's switch over to some of yours, see how, how you think you did. You mentioned that Ethan Small, Garrett Mitchell, and Bryce Terang would all make their debuts this year.
1: Two out of three ain't bad, you know. I'm surprised that Terang is the one who hasn't made his debut yet. Um, but yeah, they've called I mean, up Mitchell. Small has gotten two cups of coffee. He's gotten two starts. They haven't gone particularly well. Uh, but he made his debut. Uh, but, yeah, Terang is still uh, still hanging around in Triple A, But he's going to be up next year, at the very least.
0: Hanging around. He got a 600 plate appearances at Triple A, So, yeah. He's hitting a really cool
1: like what, 290?
0: Yeah, 286, 34 stolen bases and 13 home runs. Certainly, if you're going to call up Garrett Mitchell, I don't see why you you couldn't call up Terang either. Two words, Willie Adamas. You can't find a spot for Terang?
1: I mean, they probably should. I mean, Colton <laughs> Wong's been playing better as of late. Um, I I think they should find a spot for Terang but there have been several several questionable player personnel decisions made by the Brewers front office in the last two months or so so you know it's hard to really kind of know what they're thinking or what they're doing sure
0: and it's not like Terang was forcing the issue with those stats so yeah like you said
1: and his power came on late I mean he wasn't hitting for much power early on in the season but starting in August and then in September he really started hitting the home runs um and, and tacking those on so
0: and now yeah, Garrett Mitchell just, was the one that we you were probably the least confident about when you made that prediction and yet he does he does make his debut what have you thought about Mitchell so far I know he's kind of turned it on lately had a big you know, kind of a, a struggle there up to 286 on the in the time you probably see more of him than any of us listening so what are your thoughts? yeah
1: he's, he's as electric as advertised man I mean his his speed his ability to, to beat out infield hits and, and take the extra base and steal bases and things like that in his defense and center field. I mean, it definitely passes the eye test there. He's struggling a little bit with strikeouts um, early on here. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think he probably should have had a little bit more time in AAA uh, to, to work on that. But, you know, he's come up and he's been able to, to perform. Um, and that's, you know, that, that, that's certainly been good to see, especially going into next year. The, they'll give him a leg up on, on securing a job and getting this experience now so we can figure out that strikeout problem heading into next year.
0: Now, your other prediction, I, I would definitely give you a win for that because, you know, Tereng should have been up in a, in a lot of scenarios. And, and the one that you were really right about was Garrett Mitchell. Um, but your other one, you did say Julio Rodriguez would struggle. initially initially yes and did you really a couple of games then or the because that's about all he struggled
1: (laughs) i mean he struggled through the first month at the end of april he was hitting 205 284 260 with a 544 ops i would count that as struggling for julio rodriguez okay so he struggled initially
0: that that you would you kind of meant the whole year that's how i took it
1: well, I'm taking it now, as he was struggling the first <laughs> month. <time. laughs>
0: now, do you remember this, when he was getting called third strikes on, like, this egregious pace? and the,
1: Dude, the same thing's been happening to Garrett Mitchell, too, to be honest. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. Like, I, Tosh- I feel like
1: it's just something for rookies that, that umpires have. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he struggled initially that first month, and then turned it on afterwards. And uh, he's been just fine ever since
0: and we can go ahead and close the book on his stats uh he's not done for the end of the year Uh, we'll see him in the playoffs but in terms of the regular season stats he's going to finish with 27 home runs and 25 stolen bases doing things that only like mike trout and the like do at that age not bad Uh, and oh and michael harris uh and a 280 on uh average with a 342 on base percentage with that initial struggle that uh swiftly ran away. So, I'll give you it then. If the, if you meant just the first month, you were dead on because all the prospects really struggled at the beginning of the year. Now, yeah. nobody came out of the the guns blazing except Michael Harris. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um a couple other ones here. Um these ones I feel like are big wins. We both kind of had this one where we said we had the big four, right? We had Torkelson, we had Julio, Bobby Witt, and Natalie Rutschman. We said most likely one of them would struggle immensely and like get a kind of a a shock to the system. And one would kind of be an MVP level type of candidate. I would say Julio's an MVP level type of candidate with over five war. That is a win. And Torkelson has been horrific and he was the one of the four that uh, did not make it this year.
1: Yeah. It's uh been been a rough go for for Torkelson to get his his career started.
0: Yeah. Now he did get the call back up and he's looked a lot better. So by low on Torkelson, what do you think?
1: I mean, I'll still I'll still believe in Torkelson long term. I, I don't think he's gonna be this bad, you know, going forward. I mean, I think he's still got a, a good enough ability to hit there. So I'm still I'm still holding him. Um, you know, buy low if, if someone's looking to sell low. Um, but yeah, I think that talent's still there.
0: Yeah, he got as low as 178 with that batting average, um, and up to two oh one. So yeah, that's ugly, but where he was at. Certainly encouraging going forward, and he's going to get every chance. He, he's not going to be like, okay, well, that's it. Now you're done. We're, we're moving on, right? The Tigers need him to be good. So certainly do not give up on Torkelson. Um, and then this is the, the kind of my favorite one. I saved it here last for everything. It was Corbin Carroll will have more combined war than Alec Thomas, Geraldo Perdomo, and Seth Beer. So do you think I got that one right? Just off the top of your head?
1: Um, no.
0: Calculations? No, but it's really close. Okay, so Alec Thomas ends uh, has a 1.5 war right now. Geraldo Podomo, who sucks hitting-wise, um, actually provides a lot of value on defense and ended up getting 0. 0.6 war. And the the one that made this close was Seth Beer, who had negative point nine WAR. Yikes! So thanks, Seth. And then Corbin Carroll's up to point seven WAR. So it's one point two combined for those three to point seven for Corbin Carroll with what five or six games left. Pretty close. Yeah. And now I was surprised how long it took them to call up uh Carroll.
1: Yeah, all about that uh that service time.
0: Perhaps. Also, which is a great segue because I'm sort of done with the predictions part of this episode and we're, we'll take a break here and we'll move back. But the segue is that we had some surprises uh, that we need to talk about. One of those being probably the reason why Carol didn't get called up away that uh, right away. That's Jake McCarthy, who has been fantastic. Um, and I, we'll talk about guys like him moving forward, guys that were not on our radar, that were not on top 100 list, that. We are a Dynasty podcast, you know, through and through, so we do got to kind of mention those guys and what we do with them moving forward, how do we value them, um, and then talk about the guys that did struggle, like the Torkelsons of the world. And there's some other big names, too, that are at the bottom of the war list that might surprise you, Um, and you'll have to find out who those are right after this. We're back. Future Spoke is here with you. Alex Sanchez, David Gasper joining me. We have the War Rookie Leaderboard. And I think this is really important because, you know, at this point, prospects are kind of cementing their spot in top 100 lists. You're going to see, you know, not much movement here. Really the only thing that can change a prospect's hype in terms of the list that you'll see are a strong fall league performance, which certainly should be taken into some account. And also, if there's moves in the offseason that open up playing time for guys that we normally wouldn't have expected. But let's go ahead and talk about this rookie war leaderboard. And, and there's some names on here you're going to recognize. We already mentioned a lot of them, like the Julio Rodriguez leads all rookies with a 5.7 war. We Talked about Adley and Jeremy Pena. Uh, I think we t- mentioned Michael Harris a few times as well. These guys um, are just huge dynasty assets, right? Let's go ahead and kind of rank these names that we really liked at the beginning if we're doing a startup dynasty draft, all right? So startup dynasty draft, don't worry about other guys uh, besides the names I mentioned. All right, David, you got Julio Rodriguez there, you have Michael Harris there, you have Adley Rutschman there, and you have Bobby Witt there. Who are you taking and why?
1: Julio, because Julio, I mean... Just look at what the dude's done already an all-star hitting 280. Um, just the, the power, the speed, the, the extra base ability. It's just such a dynamic combination um, that can get you a whole bunch of points in a whole bunch of categories. However, however you gain points, whatever type of league you're in, Julio is going to be a stud in it. Give me Julio.
0: Okay. I think, Everybody would probably get on board with that. I think it gets interesting, though, the next pick. If you had, let's say, Julio's off the board and you have Michael Harris, Adley Rutschman, and Bobby Witt staring at you. Is that a little bit harder or is that still pretty easy for you?
1: Ooh. I mean, it's a little bit harder, yes. Um, man, that's – I mean, I've still been, you know, really from – for a long time now. And I know I I differ from you on, on our opinions of catchers, but I'm a big Adley guy, big, big Adley Rutschman guy, you know, just his ability as a switch hitter, switch hitting catcher with uh, the combination to hit for power and hit and hit for average um, plus a positional scarcity, Um, you know, just what he brings um, to the table there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a a big Adley guy.
0: Yeah. And I'll have to admit that the catching position, I got to open up to it in terms of guys that are the faces of their franchise and also playing catcher with the DH now, you know, when J if JT real Muto had the DH a few years ago, um, you know, he's such a a step above everybody else. It gives you that huge advantage. And with Adley now, like seemingly the obvious number one catcher moving forward, um, which you might be able to get at a, a decent rate la- next year in redraft leagues when you see a two fifty-four average and only thirteen home runs. But realize thirty-three doubles, three fifty nine on base percentage, switch hitter, only gonna get better. Sky's the limit. However, I still am taking Michael Harris ahead of Adley if I was drafting. I might even take Bobby Witt ahead of Adley too. They're all great, obviously. But
1: can't go wrong either way,
0: really. No, I mean what a nice, nice group. But After that, there's some interesting names floating around that don't seem to uh, belong if we were to go back in time a couple of months. Uh, Stephen Kwan is one that's very interesting. 5.5 war. The home runs obviously are never going to be there, but 19 stolen bases and a category that is kind of difficult to predict, but I feel very confident in thinking that Kwan's going to get score a lot of runs. And that's not a category you really think about too much because it kind of takes care of itself but Kwan's going to be a guy that you can get for a reasonable price and he's going to score a ton of runs. 87 runs on the year, 376 on base percentage. Um, what are your thoughts about Kwan going forward um, in terms of these other names? Uh, you know, is he a guy that you're just going to one hit wonder type of thing? Or are you getting sustainable vibes with him?
1: No, I think his hitting ability is is sustainable. I mean, I remember when he first exploded onto the scene at the beginning of the season and how, you know, he was just, um, you know, hitting and such an incredibly high average. It's like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to fall back down. And, you know, he did for a little bit, but he's been able to bounce back and maintain that 300 average over the course of a whole season. So, I mean, he's someone with just his pure hitting ability. I mean, he walks more than he strikes out. You don't see that very often. He's only got 56 strikeouts in 616 plate appearances. Think about that. You don't see that no. very often. You don't see such a low strikeout rate in today's game. So for him, the way he puts contact on the ball, I mean, I think it can be something like Luis Arise, um, where he's just battling for for batting championships, you know, batting titles every single year um, going forward. I think he'd be that kind of guy. Is he gonna? Is he gonna bring the home run pop? Probably not. But a leadoff hitter that. Hits a lot, that gets on base, that can steal bases, score runs, that that has plenty of value.
0: Yeah, Michael Brantley with a little bit more speed, you know, that's a very good fantasy asset that you don't have to worry about, and that's nice to have. At, at, at you know, he's 24 years old. Now, when you mentioned strikeout versus walk ratio as a rookie, I feel like that's a very very good barometer um and and there is some some that are concerning we could talk about the ones that are concerning but the ones that are very healthy um vinnie pascantino 33 strikeouts to 32 walks that's a really good ratio too and now you're getting power involved as well and remember he kind of came up and and struggled initially too with the counting stats but up to 284 now with nine home runs 24 rbis this is a really really good hitter um that you can't forget about and if Playing a full season, you extrapolate those numbers. You're getting a really consistent production from a very very young player at 24 years old. Um, another one that's is very encouraging. Um, which one was it? Was uh, Gunner Henderson actually too? Uh, we can't forget about him. A very highly ranked prospect. 26 strikeouts to 12 walks. Pretty, pretty not as great of a ratio as what we were talking about, but. Um, What do you think about Vinny Pascantino, Gunnar Henderson going forward? What do you think they're capable of doing in a full season next year for you?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for, for Gunnar Henderson there in in Baltimore. And, you know, I think the Orioles are going to be, are building quite the, quite the team there with a full season next year of Adley and and Gunnar. And then they're going to have Grayrod coming up at some point here and, and dominating that rotation. So um I really like what what Gunner's done. I think I think he's the only one ranked above Jackson Churyo on Baseball America's list. Um and he won Baseball America's Prospect of the Year award. So that says uh quite a bit about his uh, his ability his future. So, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of of Gunner Henderson. Um you know, I think he'd be he's
0: going to be a, a great guy to have going forward. Now, some of these other names, th- these are names you've heard of before, if especially if you're listening to this podcast. There's some other names that before the season, you would be very surprised to see. Jake McCarthy from the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the fastest guys sprint speed wise in Major League Baseball, 24 stolen bases, 10 home runs, 275 uh, with a 346 on base percentage. Certainly somebody that's going to get an extended look next year. And that speed's not going anywhere at his age. It's only going to be better. Um, really, really like Jake McCarthy. That that outfield's going to be electric if you can get Thomas, Carroll, and MacArthur, uh, MacArthur, McCarthy out there. What an outfield for Arizona. And another guy that I know you don't want to talk about him as a Cardinal, but Brendan Donovan, I think we need to discuss as well because he came out of nowhere, only 25 years old. The power, not extremely great at five home runs, On the year. But again, a healthy 69 strikeouts to 58 walks, 280, almost a 400 on base percentage. And uh, you got some of that Cardinals' devil magic in there, which uh, you can talk about Mm -hmm. a little bit. So, uh, two guys that really do surprise. And a third guy I'll throw in here as well it's Oscar Gonzalez. For the Guardians at 11 home runs, 287, no stolen bases here. And the on-base percentage is not healthy like these other guys we've been mentioning. But of those three, who are you the most confident in sort of repeating? And and who are you fading as a guy that, yeah, I don't see this continuing forward? That's, uh, by the way, Brandon Donovan, Jake McCarthy, Oscar Gonzalez.
1: I'm going to go with Donovan um, just because, it, I mean, as you mentioned the Cardinal Devil magic, they just always kind of seem to churn guys out, out of nowhere. And, you know, even though it's only got the five homers, he does have 20 doubles. Um, so he does have, you know, some power, some extra base hit ability. And again, that strikeout to walk ratio, I mean, 58 walks, 69 strikeouts. Um, so he's putting the ball in play, making, you know, making contact. So, you know, I think for him that that's going to be a, a big sign going forward, and you know, you know, eventually I think some more of those doubles will turn into homers uh, as he as he gets older and matures, and 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 the devil magic really starts to sink in. But Donovan is a guy that I, I'm looking at to to really repeat there.
0: Yeah, I, I actually believe in all three of these guys, um, unless Donovan gets traded from the Cardinals to another team, in which team, uh, which to, I would drop him immediately. Because he'll become Kobe Rasmus at that point. Otherwise, if he stays on the Cardinals, I agree with you. I think that plate discipline and those approach skills that he shows, those are you know 28, 29, 30 year old type of skills, which to get as a 25 year old do bode well for the future. Don't sleep on Jake McCarthy. Oscar Gonzalez, you know, is the guy that I feel like you're gonna get what you get from him, and it's gonna be good, but it's never gonna be. Um, next level. Um, Riley Green, we should probably mention as well, had, a, a you know, 350 plate appearances. So we got to see a good look from him. Power didn't show up this year with five home runs, uh, 254 on base percentage, one stolen base, slightly disappointing with Riley Green. Uh, moving forward, you know, give me what you feel about, you know, Riley Green versus Michael Harris, Riley Green versus Bobby Witt, because at the beginning of the year you were taking Riley Green over all of those guys besides maybe Bobby Witt but even then you were thinking about it i'd imagine i mean you as the collective you not necessarily you david but um now as a with the season under about what do you think about Riley Green
1: um i mean i still like him um you know i think there's just kind of been that weird thing with uh with detroit this year um you know i think perhaps going into next year like i'm, I'm still going to still going to hold on Riley green. I mean, I think next year with uh, the, the new GM, the the new front office, Scott Harris, now the the GM or or president of baseball operations in Detroit. uh, I think they're going to overhaul that development system and, and maybe that, you know, coaching a little bit, because I mean, really for, for the tigers for a number of years, a lot of their prospects have fizzled out because they haven't really been able to develop them properly. Um, so we've seen the issues with Green and and Torque, you know, not really reaching their full potential, um, and reaching the the hype that they had. So, and really with all of their pitchers over the past however many years. Um, so you know, I think with that new group in there, I think they'll be able to to make some changes to to Riley Green and help develop them and and make sure that that power shows up in the the average ticks up and everything else. So I'm still, I'm still believing in, in Riley there. Um, I'm not sure if I'm taking him, you know who I'm taking him over at all, but I'm, I'm still a believer in green.
0: What about Gunnar Henderson or Riley green? Let's give you that. Right now,
1: probably Henderson.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think I agree. I'm a little bit down on Riley. I I was a little late to the party with Riley green. And then I did, I'm not going to like pretend that I'm some, I was completely right in, in seeing this struggle. I did go all in on him. I feel I I felt like I saw enough to say, okay, this guy's going to be a superstar. So the, jur- the jury's still out on that. But I think you make some great points is that we can maybe throw away a lot of the stuff that happens here in Detroit and give them the, uh, a fresh look next year. All right, let's move on over to the pitchers. The pitchers are interesting because there's some big names here. We got Nick Lodolo. We got Hunter Green. And then we have some names that sort of come out of – Uh, Seemingly nowhere uh, with Spencer Strider Um, And then if we You know go down the line a little bit um, We have like Dylan Coleman And uh, you know Reed Detmers Was a a name that was pretty good too So I want to kind of go over these guys and see Who you're confident in going forward Um, Let's just get this I just want to see what you think about Spencer Strider Um, Would you take him over any of those names I mentioned In a Dynasty League startup right now Ooh, we have to think. Okay, I don't even have to think, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I th- I think at this point, you got to go with Spencer Strider.
0: Yeah, we're uh, looking at, now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the things that he's doing are generational types of things. He is literally the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts as a rookie, um, which is, you know, that's a generational type of thing. Now, the 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 day and age we live in, the the fact that you throw hard, the injury risk, all of that sort of stuff. But when you strike out 202 batters in 134 innings as a 23-year-old, you, you got to jump on that. You know, if he's available oh. and those other names are available, you just have to because the upside's too great. The downside, sure. But if we're talking pitchers, they all have downside, right?
1: Yeah, they, they all have that injury risk. But yeah. But, yeah.
0: It's an incredible season for Spencer Strider and I've seen a lot of his games. <laughs> it's almost must-see television for me as a Braves fan. I mean, every game you try to watch, of course, but when you see, "Oh, Strider's tonight," I am definitely like adjusting my plans to watch him. It was it was an incredible run for him. But let's talk about the other guys. Nick Lodolo, also very impressive. 126 strikeouts in 98 innings, certainly nothing to go by. I forgot to mention Joe Ryan as a name that um was a very, very decent uh, rookie year here, 173 strikeouts with 167 uh, innings pitched. Yeah, Hunter Green, the ERA is high, but, you know, passes the eye test, certainly. The strikeouts are there, 156 over 119, a lot of up and downs with Hunter Green. George Kirby is another guy that has looked really, really solid. Strikeout, not quite what you'd expect it or hoped it to be, I guess is a better way of saying it, with 128 over 126 innings. Certainly not bad, but not nearly as high as some of those other uh, totals we were mentioning. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and put Strider in a category of his own. But now it gets a lot more interesting, right? So that's Nick Lodolo, Joe Ryan, Hunter Green, and George Kirby moving forward. If you want to give me, like, maybe your, your top two out of those names. What do you think there? Oh,
1: man, my – My brain is in a fog, dude. I can. Uh. Um.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I can repeat the names for you. Let's just go one by one. We'll do a. They're all equal, and I think that's why I broke you there for a second. Um. Nick Ladolo or Hunter Green. Let's just stay with the Reds. Who do you? you Ladolo. Ladolo. I think I agree. I'm. I love. The arm with hunter green but i think the lodolo knows how to pitch a little bit better what about lodolo or kirby kirby i agree i agree i think kirby is a little bit of a more consistent pitcher moving forward on a better team lodolo's gotta get, gotta get some talent on that reds and it's coming for sure but uh man and then joe ryan what about joe ryan or i would assume you'll take kirby over ryan is that accurate yeah kirby yeah. What about, is Ryan last then? Would you do Ryan or Hunter Green? Uh, Probably Green. I might do Joe Ryan. I like that. Interesting. They're all really, really close together. And then the rookie pitchers are just so crazy, right? Like Bryce Elder here for the Braves at, you know, 1.2 1.2 WAR with a 2.76 ERA. He just had a complete game shutout the other day. Like, okay, Bryce Elder, thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming. Then we have you know an old favorite, Edward Cabrera. He came back and, and started 20 games this year. That, I actually, I'm I'm just reading that right now. I, I did not realize he. he
1: you know who didn't there. come back and start 20 games? Ah. Sixto Sanchez. Sixto.
0: I don't know what to do with Sixto. <laughs> yeah. I think you give up on him. I guess, right? Yeah, I think you have to at this point. I mean, um,
1: I think I think he just underwent shoulder surgery or something too. Yeah.
0: Uh, Brock Burke in uh, Texas, 2.2 WAR. Now he didn't do a lot of starting; only six games started. Kind of, they kind of put him into the bullpen. But man, that that he got some sneaky good ratios for you if you kind of just threw him in there. Reed Detmers, we sort of mentioned, um, obviously had. Some highs with a no hitter and some lows with you know with this 4.39 ERA. The strikeouts though with Reed, I thought you know when we were talking about Reed Detmers, we were getting a guy that was going to strike out a ton, but 132 strikeouts in 143 innings. So I don't know what to make of these rookie pitchers. It's All very very fascinating to me, um, and I think it just goes to show you that nobody knows. Yeah take Spencer Strider and hope that he continues to be Spencer Strider and those types of guys. Uh, it's tough to be a rookie pitcher too. Like we, we have, to, we have to remember that, that most of the time, those are the numbers we're going to get. We're not going to get Spencer Striders very often. We'll get more rookie hitters that explode onto the scene. Like your your Mikey Harris's, is your uh, Jake McCarthy's and Stephen Kwan's that just come up and, and see success, but the pitchers not so much. All right. O'Neal Cruz. Let's talk about him as we finish up here, because I want to see what, what your thoughts are on him, because there are some red flags as uh, who just hit a homer for us. Is that Dansby? No. Yeah, Dansby. Good job, Dansby. Anyway, um, O'Neill Cruz. Great, great things and also horrific things. And the great things are the the legendary batted ball info that we get and how hard he hits the things. That are called balls. That was a weird sentence. Um, and also the exit velocity. exit velocity, um, hundred and twenty four strikeouts. that's almost half. <laughs> Bad. So what do you think about O'Neill Cruz going for? Are you believer or are you a doubter?
1: Every time I watch him, he's a stud. Like if you look at at his numbers, he is the new Brewers killer. Like his numbers against everyone else in the league are atrocious. His numbers against the Brewers, he's an MVP candidate. <laughs> so my opinion of him is that this dude is, is incredible. Um, but, yeah, when you look at the other numbers, there are obviously some red flags. But whenever he faces the Brewers, he's a stud. So um, if you want to, you know, kind of stick him on your bench. But when you see he's playing the Brewers, you put him in that lineup. You start him every Ooh. single time.
0: That's the inside information that.
1: Yes. Can't need. get anywhere
0: else. Yeah, no, because the Braves have plenty of those, too, like Jeff McNeil.
1: Every team has has a couple of guys like that where they just have your number. The Pirates have always had one guy like that, whether it's Colin Moran or whoever else, like some guys who just suck against everyone else, and they're just so good against you. And O'Neill Cruz is
0: the new Pirates Brewers killer. He is a killer too. When he gets going, I'm going to admit now he murders baseballs he, literally. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He is a buy for me. Like do not, he is a, he's the, he's the real deal for me. And here's why, unless you're in a points league where strikeouts are really going to harm you. Uh, who cares? You know, the average and the on-base percentage are not going to sink you. They're certainly not good. I mean, the on-base percentage, he definitely takes a hit in those types of leagues, but if you're still playing in batting average leagues, for all the stuff you're going to get, because he also had nine stolen bases and he's like super fast. Um, I expect those to be up into the twenties. If not the thirties next year, we could see this guy hit 50 home runs like next (laughs) year. Like imagine 50, 20 or even 50, 30, who cares what he's hitting? If those are his only hits and his other hits are him getting on first and then stealing second. You'll take it. I'll take it all day. That's stuff that wins you. Uh, fantasy leagues and 2.1 war on the year. So definitely I think O'Neal Cruz is a, is a fantastic uh, guy going forward. Let's, let's do one more with, would you rather have O'Neal Cruz or Bobby Witt?
1: Bobby Witt.
0: It's not close for you, huh? Not Uh, really. I think it would be close for some people out there. And, you know,
1: if O'Neill Cruz had 162 games of playing the
0: Brewers, I'd take O'Neal Cruz. Absolutely. Now he's going to end up with almost twice the war as Bobby Witt in half the games. What do you think about that, knowing that fact?
1: Yeah, I mean but still long term I'm still sticking with with Wit.
0: Yeah. I think you if you're you could maybe get Bobby Wit by somebody if you're like really good friends and you like sort of drop in that nugget that he had a one point two war and like then you get your friend really drunk and then you offer him a trade and oh yeah Bobby Witt sucks so you could use that.
1: Is that I, because of his defense, though?
0: It, he's made some great plays at defense, but we could take a look at it. Like, I it. mean, he
1: he's hitting 256. He's got a sub 300 on base percentage.
0: Yeah, it, it 31 is. 31 doubles, 6 triples, 20 homers, 28 stolen bases. Yeah, One one negative 1. 1.4 for defense. So 3.4 on war for the offense.
1: Yeah, so I'm still taking a call.
0: Yeah, I think I am too... Oh man, it would be so fun to have O'Neal crew reaches because if they both Why reach not? Their oh, absolute ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get both. If they could, yeah. if they could reach their like one hundred or 99th percentile ceiling, then O'Neal Cruz wins. I think. Yeah. Let me see what O'Neal Cruz has defensively with Warren, see if we can adjust that too. Defensively, he's actually been point five, so he's adding some value defensively. That cannon of an arm makes sense too. Yeah. So 1.6 offensive war and
1: 3.4 for Bobby. Yeah.
0: Um but it, don't forget half the games too. So if we extrapolate that. True. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting it's an interesting argument and a debate to have. I certainly agree that I believe in Bobby Witt. Like if I was a betting man, he said, "Hey, Alex, bet your life on this." I would take Bobby Witt. But if you're like, ah, I got nothing to lose, what's that going on? Your house money, I might take O'Neill Cruz, but depends how you yeah. are as a fantasy player. Are you a, a risk taker? Or are you uh you know, safe play? What about you, Dave? What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm probably more of a safe play. Yeah.
0: Prospect-wise, I I'll take the risks, but these are picks that you're gonna have to invest very high capital on, right? If you're starting up a yeah. dynasty league or you're you're creating trades, and in that case, the risk definitely gets a little bit more scary because if you're wrong, you, you set your back, you set your team back a lot. If you're right on like that 88th pick you have in your draft, because you went huge upside, you're doing fine. Which yeah. uh, by the way, I'm in the championship. for uh, Our Zhao dynasty. So oh, yeah, went from the worst to first. I had the first overall pick. Remember? Now I'm in the very nice. Yeah. Those prospects paid off. They're all coming up. I don't know what to do with them. I have like JJ Blade and Vinny Pascantino and all the Riley Green just like on the bench. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Actually, I traded Riley Green for Austin Riley. Oh wow. Obviously more Riley for Riley. No, no. yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, I also I obviously gave up more than Riley Green, but um yeah, so I like Austin Riley, he's not bad. All right, I think that's gonna do it. Finale. We did it. Another year in the books. I think this is like our official second year of doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think so. For you and me.
0: Congratulations, buddy. It's been a blast.
1: Yeah. And hey, congratulations on uh, on the next kid on the way.
0: Oh, sure. Big stuff. Sure. I don't think I've actually even mentioned that on the podcast. But yeah, my wife and I are expecting our second child any day now. Um, that's kind of the reason why this is the finale, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm going to be busy for the next couple of months. And by busy, I mean not sleeping. Um, Yes. And then I don't think you want to hear me talk because I already don't make much sense a lot of the time. I think, David, you'll agree with that. And neither do I. Imagine if I was a lack of sleep and then trying to do these things. And then there's nothing really to talk about in the offseason. I don't think that's content. A lot of people want to hear. No. So this is the finale. Cue the fireworks. Cue the champagne. Cue everything. But I do want to say thank you. Number one, David, for being here with me um, for the majority of our episodes. You've been a great co-host. I'm hoping that, you know, we continue to do this in the future. So my thanks to you. My thanks to Scott Green as well for allowing us to do this kind of almost free range. He kind of he lets us do what we want to do most of the time. And uh, thanks to all the special guests that have been on. But most importantly, thank you to the listeners, everybody supporting the podcast, supporting Prospects 1500 it makes it worth it because doing a podcast where there's only 50 people listening, it makes it hard to muster the energy to do this. But with our listenership going up, we've, you know, we've reached really high levels in terms of what I, you know, when we started out in this podcast. And so we get, you know, we see that data and stuff like that. So it does make it worth it. And uh, again, thank you for tuning in. And especially if you managed to get through the end of this entire episode, thank you so much. We will be back probably before uh, you know, opening day, I'd imagine spring training. We'll get the itch to come back and uh, get those rankings will be out, all sorts of stuff, fun stuff. So, David, anything to say to the, the crew here um, as we sign off for twenty twenty two?
1: Enjoy your uh, enjoy the postseason, enjoy the Arizona Fall League and everything we got coming up. So it's uh it's gonna be a nice, fun, non lockout filled off season this year, which is incredibly exciting, uh that we're that we're not gonna be locked out by Rob Manford once again. So stay positive. Um and yeah, and enjoy your uh your lack of sleep. (laughs) As much or enjoy your sleep now while you can.
0: I gotta stock up. Uh I totally forgot about the lockout. Yeah. We went through that. It's like you know pandemic how did we ever survive? I honestly don't know. And we have rule changes coming too. Oh yeah. We got rule changes coming, so we'll have a we'll talk about all those new rule changes when we get uh, going uh, next year. Certainly going to make some adjustments, I think, in uh, in how the games played. I'm interested. No, I'm a fan of most of them, to be honest. <sighs> Don't hate any of them. I'll just say that that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> I hear by your side that you might hate some of them. <laughs> <laughs> if Rob Manfred likes them, I automatically uh, dislike them. I will say this, if you're not into the robo umps, which are you into robo umps?
1: You know, on some days I am when I watch these guys umpire, whenever I watch Angel Hernandez behind the plate, I am all in favor of robo umps.
0: Yeah. So one of the leagues was experimenting with the challenges, right? So the pitcher or the catcher can challenge a call up to like three times in a game or whatever. So like in a big spot. You didn't get the call and you're sure it's a strike. You just like do this little signal where you challenge it. I thought that was a really good idea. It's a nice compromise for me where you still keep your umpires and you still have that like uh that variability throughout the game, but in a, an important call and you think you got it and you can challenge it and reverse the call. I really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that should be uh if they can bring that in to major league baseball, I think that would be, that would be good.
0: So we shall see if it it turns into the robo or like a a hybrid sort of thing like that. So interesting. A lot of exciting things to come on both the major league level and the minor league level. So, uh, again, thank you to everybody. This is the Future's Focus podcast. David Gasper, Alex Sanchez, again, signing off for the 2022 season. See you later. See you next year.